Welcome to the Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast, uh, episode four, but number one of the year 2020. Happy New Year. I am host A, <laughs> Carter. And this is host B, Dylan, and happy New Year, happy 2020. And how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I thought maybe I, I should have done host uppercase A, and you could have been host lowercase A. Uh, cursive A? Cursive lowercase A? Whoa. Yeah. Do you... A, I'll be the ampersand symbol. Sure. Yeah, that works, yeah. Let's go ahead. That's like a lowercase A host amper, kind of cursive. Host ampersand. I like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I am great. How were your holidays? Oh, they... Tell you, I love the holidays. I really do. But I am so glad when they're over. Yes, <laughs> it is just so much going on. So much, just I've... trying to see everybody, and then you know, the whole Christmas shopping thing, and then figuring out stuff to do for New Year's, and trying to spend time with people that you want to spend time with. You know, just basically trying to make time with everybody. It's it yeah, get a little frustrating, but um. It was good, though. I had a really good Christmas, uh, New Year's. I fell asleep at 11 o'clock and woke up at 1 nice. in the morning. But um, I did see the ball drop in New Orleans, since there's a time difference. There you go. Yeah, so I technically rang in the New Year, just, you know, in a different time zone. Right, yeah. In a, in a bold, dad-like move, I stayed up till 10 after 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very bold. Um, went to bed twelve ten sharp. Oh, nice. I ridiculed my wife briefly for missing the ball dropping. Yeah. Um, and then that was short-lived, and then we went to sleep. So it was, you know, happening over here at the Gray House, <laughs> needless to say. Well, you see, I, I my girlfriend and I actually had plans to stay up until... Midnight, we bought like a bottle of champagne and stuff, and we sat on the couch and we were watching uh, Dick Clark's uh, New Year's Rock and Eve. And then, like, by the time yeah. 11, 11, 10 hit, like, we passed out on the couch and woke up at one o'clock. So. Wow, yeah. that is a rocking Eve. It, was, it wasn't Dick Clark rocking, but <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had a debate. Well, it wasn't really a debate, it was more of just like a question that Google soon answered. But we were saying, Oh, Dick Clark, you know, I know he doesn't host anymore, but he's still alive, right? Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's been dead Very for a dead. while. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a recent thing. No. I was like, yeah, no, I feel like I just saw him. Like, he had a stroke, and he was, wasn't doing very well, but, they, you know, he'd had, like, a little appearance on here, and then, you know, Seacrest obviously took over, but... Yeah. No, no. Died in 2012. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you saw that news story like 10 years ago, and somehow you equated it to <laughs> being being more right. recent, recent than what it actually is. <laughs> right. Or I was thinking of Futurama, where they just use his floating head yeah, to, yeah. to constantly host the New Year's Rockin' Eve. Or, uh, you know how they have like the Mandela effect? Maybe this is the Dick Clark effect. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Or I was also, I could have been thinking of Dick Van Dyke. He's still, still alive. He's, for some for some reason, he is still alive. <laughs> and I love Dick Van Dyke. I love that show. Yeah. But like, God, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dick Clark, on the other hand, dead. Yep. 
Uh, so yeah, so that being said, um, I'm with you. I think uh, Christmas and New Year's, they feel like there's a lot leading up to it, and there's a lot of things that you're trying to plan for, and you're like, okay, well, and then once it's all over, you're like, God, enough of that. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. go back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming. Yes, yes. Let's get back on some sort of schedule, schedule. And yeah, get back to some normalcy. So, um, I'm gonna take a really quick sidebar, and I talked to you. Oh. I talked to you about this shortly for a second, like last week or something like that, when I was texting with you, or earlier in the week. I forget. It all just kind of blended together yep. like the past two yep. weeks. But um, I went and saw Rise of Skywalker, or at least okay. or at least three quarters of it. This is now this is now a Star Wars podcast. Well, real quick sidebar, then we'll get into some wrestling. That's fine. So. No, no, yeah, hey, <laughs> we'll definitely get into Let's... some wrestling. So, um... so yeah, so you told me that you went to see it, but you didn't see all of it. Now, now walk walk us through that. Okay, so I picked my daughter up, and um, we're driving back, and she has like a little Star Wars toy that she got from McDonald's, and she was playing with it. it was Luke Skywalker, and she's asking nice. me about it, and I was explaining it to her, and then. She said, oh, can we go see that? And I'm like, man, what'd you say? <laughs> can we go see it? Like, can we go see the movie? I'm like, yeah, we, yeah, we can go see it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So, okay. Clear my schedule. Yeah, <laughs> everything else, screw it. You know, we're going to go see the movie right now. But, <laughs> um, so I bought the tickets online, and um, we went to the movie theater, you know, got Raisinets, popcorn, all that fun stuff. And then we sit down. Yeah. and um, Clutch Raisinets. Oh, yeah sit down and you know movie starts and you know she finishes her raising nuts and then you know she's like dad dad i gotta go to the bathroom i'm like okay 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 so <laughs> hurry up go to the bathroom you know come back 20 30 minutes later dad dad i gotta go to the bathroom again i'm like oh my god really again <laughs> so this time we even try to get to the bathroom a little bit faster and we're walking back and she's got to hit like every water water fountain in the hallway that she sees <laughs> <laughs> get back in the movie theater finally sit down and you know another 20 minutes go by and she's kind of squirming around and like i already know what's coming and oh yeah, yeah so she comes up to me again she's like dad can we go? And I'm like, oh, you said you wanted to stay for the whole thing. I said if we were going to go, we had to stay for the whole thing. And she's like, I really want to go. Okay, so, yeah, about three wow. quarters of the movie, we ended up leaving. But. You know what? There is no Easter Bunny. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All those toys wow. that Santa got for you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. See, when you told me this, I thought, yeah, and actually, I, I before I before I skip ahead, of what you saw, what did you think? From what I saw, oh, man, I went in like really. I had high hopes for it when I went went in. Yeah. I really did. Like I wanted it to be good and like epic, but yeah. Um, God, the way the storytelling went, it was just so fast, and they were just. And it was just throwing so much at you that it was really hard to kind of keep up with what was going on because the storytelling yeah. was moving at such a fast pace. And I would have to say that was probably my biggest complaint about it. Mm. And, you know, I could be, like, really nitpicky and um, say, like, well, 
some of the, the there's some plot holes to it of course yeah. and you know some stuff that went against you know the star wars mythos which was previously set before it but you know that's being like real nitpicky but i would definitely have to say just like the pacing of the storytelling just how fast it was but well that is an honest review with without revealing anything so yes, without revealing you. anything yes yeah. yeah no no spoilers here nope. so that's good nope. well i haven't seen it okay and I have a personal thing about going to movie theaters. I, know, I don't know if I've I ever told you, you yeah, this. Yeah, you have told me that. Okay, yeah. Um, you would go to so, the movie theater if you were the only person in there. Right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, last movie I saw in theaters. Uh, actually, you know what? I recently saw a movie uh, in theaters. Um, but that's, whatever, that's a boring story. But before that, the last movie I saw, we went to, uh, my wife and I got to go to the premiere for Pain and Gain, The Rock, and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, um, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so there was like, I don't know, 20 people in the theater, 15. I, it was very, at, very small. At the premiere? So, yeah, it was the <laughs> like the premiere, yeah. But uh, it, yeah, that was interesting, but... Before all of that, I don't go to I don't go to movie theaters because uh, I don't like fellow moviegoers. I figured as much, yeah. I just not everybody respects the movie watching experience to the level that I do, uh-huh. and I have very little patience for people that that are disrespectful. So, yeah, so <laughs> we just avoid it altogether. You and people together in a movie theater is not a is not a happy not good. ending. No, no, I've yelled at little kids not little kids but like high school kids and mm-hmm. it just it kind of makes it uncomfortable well the everyone. thing is so the it's... movie theater spends like 15 20 minutes explaining to you to turn your phones off and be quiet during the movie right. like yeah somehow that doesn't sink in for whatever reason nope with other people oh no no so yeah it's just easier less stressful if i just don't go yeah. i just wait for it to come out and uh yeah we'll just kind of do that all right but yeah hey we should probably uh, talk about some wrestling <laughs> i suppose that's what this is this is a wrestling podcast uh, after all and <laughs> on occasion if, yeah if, if you've never listened to us before i appreciate you tuning in and hopefully you haven't already tuned out because we haven't talked about wrestling yet yeah. but i assure you we normally do we uh we review the the week that was uh and we break up each segment, well not each segment, but we break up the week's events into two segments, one of which we like to call the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be of the week, and the he's going to puke worst of week. So we usually kick off each episode, if, if, you've, if you have listened to us before, we usually say something to the effect of, lot to catch up on. <laughs> not a 10-minute not review of going to the movie theater seeing Star Wars. Well... <laughs> But I think I could say that this week we could we can honestly say there wasn't a lot to catch up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you know you didn't have um, it feels live like there episodes been more, right? Yeah, but I'm glad that there wasn't. Oh yes, me too. For <laughs> our sakes, <laughs> me too. But most importantly, for the sakes of uh, uh, those wrestling, you know, them getting a chance to actually spend time with their families. That's pretty awesome. Yes, which is great. It's great that they schedule or they are accommodating to that. Right. Yes. So, 
we should have no excuse but to be all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> now, with that said, yep. let us go to our first segment, the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be of the week. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Dylan. Carter. What do you have for us? Well, it's not so much a segment that I would like to put out there as best of the week, but um, I am going to give it to AEW for the venue that they were at for this week's Dynamite. I think Very it, cool. I think it was the same venue that they were at for the uh, Fight for the Fallen event, wasn't it? Is that where I've seen it before? I think so. I think that that's okay. where it was. Yeah, it looked like the same setup from that event, but um, uh, I can't think of the name of the building off the top of my head. But it is Daly's place. Is it? I don't. Or know. Are you messing with? I me? don't think so. Okay. <laughs> no, that was. I mean, that was on the wall. I don't know if that's what it's called. Right. Or if that's. Yeah. Like I don't the know. lounge area. Yeah. Um, it kind of. It's got like a kind of like a theater type setting with lots yep. of seating and um yep. it just comes off looking really cool on tv they have the entrance on the um on the camera side straight back mm-hmm. i believe and they have like the balcony seating to the right and then it's kind of like a bowl seating to the left at it if you're looking at the um at the camera if you're yeah, looking at the entrance. Yep. But um Yeah. It's just like a really cool setup and I think it's a cool place for them to run a venue run the venue or the show at because it just yep. makes everything look so different from everything else that's on T V. And I think that's what you want with a promotion. I mean you see you know, especially with like WWE, you know, all their all their venues that they run their main shows out of, they look the same. Like there isn't yep. a a feel to it. You know, all it just all looks the same, so it makes it look like you're not even in a different venue. And I think it's cool when um, promotions can run in venues like this and um, give it a certain feel for the people watching it, either live or on TV. It just makes it look different, and it sets them apart from everything else, which I think is really cool. I'm so glad you brought this up, because it didn't make my list of bests, but... I would have regretted not bringing it up. Yeah. You know, had it not been on anyone's list because I th- think back to when we were first starting out, you know, this is when you and I uh were first starting out. I mean, that was 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. And so ECW hadn't quite folded yet. Um but and it wasn't just ECW, but I'm thinking back to iconic arenas, or at least arenas that we looked at. And we're like, man, I really want to, I really want to wrestle there. Mm-hmm. Twenty three hundred Arena was obviously one of them, right? ECW Arena. The other one was the Hammerstein Ballroom. Now I realize that ECW wasn't who started going there. I mean, you know, WWF used to run uh, Raw out of there. Yeah, that's where they frequently. had their um, their first Raw at, I believe. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So. Those types of iconic venues that are just different, um, they're, they're unique. They, it kind of adds to the, um, I guess, allure of, I don't know, it just, it's almost like an, another character on top of the characters you're yes, watching, the character exactly. of the, the, the venue. And 
yeah, this this is up there with the Hammerstein Ballroom that it looks, you know, it is so unique and so different and it, it just adds, yeah, adds to it. Especially if the crowd is really into it, it really ups the atmosphere too of the building. It just makes it feel like so much bigger than what it really is. Also, I remember, um, like, well, to go back to what you were saying when we were watching um, ECW, I, yes, the Hammerstein Ballroom sticks out for me, but another place that sticks out for me was, um, was it the Madhouse of Extreme? Do you remember that? I don't know. It's, um, it was a small building and they had, like, they had the balconies up at the top. And I'm trying to think, um, do you remember remember seeing the show where uh, Raven came back? Oh, yeah, 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 that yeah. That building. Yep. That yep. building right there. That was a really unique um, venue for a, uh, for a wrestling show to be held at. It, yeah. And it contains the, the uh, crowd noise so well. Mm-hmm. It just pours down, basically. And it um, it also, I mean, especially with a crowd of like ECW fans, it also with them just being like so so into it. I mean, it almost looks like it's gonna turn to like pure anarchy, like at any second. Yeah. Also, which just like yeah. I said adds to it, adds to the flavor of that show, especially um, you know during those ECW days. Totally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is my best of the week. Awesome. Do you have any others? Uh, any others? No, to be quite honest with you, with it being such like a busy week, I didn't yep. really get to get Break into everything down. Get everything down. Yeah, you know, I yeah. just kind of went through the the uh, the hits. <laughs> I like to say, <laughs> <laughs> just playing the hits. Just went through the hits, and yeah, yeah. It's an all I... playlist. So. You know, I think I took advantage of um, the lack of, of wrestling that was out there as well as the time off. And I really got pretty um, familiar with everything going on. I mean, even some stuff on the indie circuit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I mean, I know you're, a, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make you, I'm not trying to vilify you here, but. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're a big Jim Cornette fan. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, but anyway, I don't know if you saw that. Oh, that whole thing. So I mean, I, I got up on the the GCW Jim Cornette feud, um, as well as I, uh, just everything. I saw a little bit of that. I didn't really quite understand what was going on, but I, yeah. So if if you have more insight to yeah. it, to that, please please elaborate. Sure, yeah, it's not really in my best though. Um, <laughs> we can we can cover that later, I think. Okay. But, <laughs> okay. Um, but I will piggyback off of yours. This wasn't wasn't in my best, but I wanted to touch on it. In I think it was last week or two weeks ago where we were talking about it, and we said. Um, AEW's, or maybe we didn't talk about it, um, but AEW and their their when they go to commercial break, and they haven't been timing it like very the picture well. in picture that they go to. Yeah, yeah, 
So they'll do backstage segments or interviews or whatever in a picture-in-picture picture uh, where the audio isn't yeah. fed through that small picture. We're like, what are I've you doing? I've read some stuff about that, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So <laughs> it looks like they, they're getting better at it. You know, it seems like they're, they're recovering. I mean, in this, if you notice this week, MJF and Wardlow are coming out and they go to a picture-in-picture. Picture. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that happens, you know that MJF got fed that information. Like, hey, we're in commercial by time. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so he's out there so doing he, whatever with the crowd, you know. Yeah, yeah, so he jumps down and walks the crowd and basically talks shit individually mm-hmm. to, to every person in the front row. You know, Yeah, wasn't so, he having, like, people, like, try to kiss his hand or something? Or he was trying to uh, get kisses? Oh, yeah, kiss the ring, yeah. yeah kiss the mm-hmm. ring, yeah. And then the same thing happened with Sammy Guevara and John Moxley, and that's why Guevara's doing like the um, the cue card thing. I don't know if you noticed that, but mm-hmm. as soon as they go to picture in picture, he knows there's no audio, so he's doing cue cards. Yeah, and so it's just simple things like that that I think is a great way to rebound from you know the things that maybe they've messed up on yeah. in the past. They're learning. So they're learning totally. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, they, they they put a lot of things in this week that I think that they've been missing out on in previous weeks, mm-hmm. and it's really made the the product overall better, at least so far in this week. I mean, you know, here we are saying everything's fixed. Yep, but <laughs> it's good to go, um, guys. Come on. <laughs> yep, done. <laughs> um, but now for me, I, as far as best goes, uh, I got a couple of bests, um, but. I would say my my uh, my best of the week came from Raw, and it was the Aleister Black Buddy Murphy rematch. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, is it possible to get a match of the year candidate on the last Raw of the year? <laughs> like, can you get uh, you know? And that's for a network television match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't even a pay per view. I realize they had a hell of a match at the pay-per-view but even this on raw not only did they have a great match they got a great crowd reaction from it too i mean they got a fight forever chant yeah during that match and i realize it wasn't in front of des moines iowa but it wasn't exactly <laughs> thank god against yeah it wasn't an nxt uh crowd that is well versed in who buddy murphy and alistair black is mm-hmm. you know they weren't people that were singing alistair black's entrance music yeah, but at least at least they recognize what was going on in front of them, in front of them, and they realized it was good, and they were reacting accordingly. Totally, yeah. and I hope to God that it doesn't result in those two being a tag team. Oh, now you just now you just jinxed them. I well, you did it with Sheamus and Cesaro, and it worked out, and it was great. <laughs> but you can't always do that, mm-hmm. like. Well, these guys have hell of a matches. They'd probably be good tag team partners. Yeah. Why would you do that? And now, I'm not saying they are going to do that because I hope to God that they aren't. But why not, hey, we had um, basically the best two out of three matches. Aleister Black won them both. Okay, now go your separate ways. Mm-hmm. Buddy Murphy starts to, you know, gain ground and whatever. Let's say Aleister Black wins the IC title. And then next thing you know, Buddy Murphy becomes the number one contender for it. And now they have a rematch, mm-hmm. and Buddy Murphy actually wins. I mean, that's just easy storytelling. Yeah, that you They can need, totally... Yeah, you don't need to, like, clusterfy it. No. no. But... The thing the thing I would ask is, where are they going to go now? Are they going to have, like, a fourth match now? Because they've already had, what, three matches? 
already? Uh, two two matches, I guess. Two matches. I, we th- I think we thought there was a third, but I think that was just a beatdown. I don't think it was an actual match. Okay. Well, what? Um, um, Alistair. Well, Buddy Murphy hasn't beat him, so Alistair, no. Alistair Black is uh is up on him. So it's okay after you beat him two or three times. Like, where do you go? I mean, you can yeah. only do so much with it until it's kind of like, oh, okay, I've seen this before. Well, so Buddy Murphy posted on Twitter, no need for a third match. The better man won. You see, I don't like that. I don't like continu- like them continuing like feuds or storylines on Twitter. Uh, why? <laughs> <sighs> because... I'm gonna price on old fashioned, old little old fashioned, but not everybody has Twitter. So, I mean, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna continue a storyline or a feud, why don't why wouldn't you do it in front of a national audience where you're getting like one to two million viewers each week instead of doing it on your Twitter feed where you've got like a hundred to two hundred thousand followers? Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I I kind of see it, but I don't really. I think you are old fashioned because I think yes. statistically more people have Twitter than have cable TV. So, I think, um, yeah, I, I, WWE has done a tremendous job. This is the one thing I'll give them a lot of credit for as being um, basically multi-platform friendly. Mm-hmm. They have their own streaming service. They're on USA. They're on Fox. Uh, they're all, everyone is active on all platforms of social media. And they even, inter- they even have a, a show on E, you know? And they try to appeal to every audience um, that they have in, in those multi-platforms. And then they tie storylines all together through all of them. Right. Now, we may not like the storylines because most often... Uh, they don't quite appeal to us is the best way I'll put it. Um, but they still do a great job of, of intertwining all of them together. At least making an, an attempt to do so. Right. Yeah. And I think that uh, everybody's trying to, to replicate that. Every promotion, especially every promotion that's trying to be bigger. AEW, uh, you know, the, uh, most of their storylines come from being the elite on YouTube. You know? Yeah, but how many viewers are you getting on that each week? You know, I mean, they they'll replay the the uh, vignettes on Dynamite or Dark, mm-hmm. um, but it's still those hardcore fans that are that are watching Being Elite and that are seeing Hangman Page uh, getting drunk every week are seeing a little bit more. It's basically just adding depth to the storyline that you are getting just by watching Dynamite. Right, you you but, understand that there's dissension among Hangman Page and Kenny Omega just from watching Dynamite. But if you watch Being the Elite, you see it a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and the same could be said about Twitter I, with yeah, WWE. I get what they're what they're doing with that, and like that's fine. I mean, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, yeah, you're definitely going to check that out. You're going to go on YouTube and try to watch Being the Elite, and you're going to, you know, get on there get on the Twitter, and you're going to follow whoever you want to follow, and they can forward storylines that way. But what about like? Just like a regular main, like just a regular mainstream wrestling fan, who 
doesn't do any of that, who just strictly focuses on, like the casual fan, I should say, mm-hmm. the casual fan who just focuses on what's in front of them on TV and isn't concerned with, you know, BTE on YouTube or following them them on Twitter. You know, you can see where the casual fan might be a little confused as to, you know, why they're saying these sort of things when it hasn't predominantly been featured on the TV show when it's been more featured on, you know, on Twitter or on YouTube? Um, I think that, again, the casual fan sees the storyline as it's uh, best presented, and the only thing they miss out on by not having Twitter or not following Twitter would just be the extra layers of depth to that storyline. I don't think they're necessarily missing anything not to mention again giving wwe credit with use utilizing all of these platforms they reference these tweets mm-hmm. you know they'll if um lana and um shoot i'm trying to think uh, i feel like this just recently happened where two people were going back and forth via twitter and then they highlighted it ahead of their match like this all started if you recall you know whatever yeah so I think that it's they still get the gist of the storyline, just maybe not the depths at which it goes by not following all of the different uh, platforms. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, now, if this is just you backing the fact that you are not active on social media, then I reject it completely. <laughs> oh, you caught me. <laughs> I knew you it. You caught me. No, just, um, a, just an idea that popped in when you started bringing some of that stuff up. So, Got it. Yeah. But, yeah, long st- uh, all of that to an end as far as Black and Murphy goes. Again, I think that more than anything, this really just kind of supports the notion that we said a couple weeks ago that the wrestling on TV, on mainstream TV that WWE is putting out, has improved tremendously. Yes, I mean, the wrestling has... Storytelling, storytelling-wise, could be. Uh, that's a little depends. We'll get. I feel like we'll get to that too. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the other best I have, and this will be quick, but I, I feel like you'll probably have something to say about it too. Once I say it, is um, the NWA Power episodes from last Tuesday. So what is that? Christmas Eve and this Tuesday. Um, the whole Tim Storm, Nick Aldis thing, mm-hmm. how they're coming back to that storyline. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the, what I'm really referencing here is Tim Storm's promo from Christmas Eve. You, I don't know if you got a chance to see you it, have but caught it's me very on an off week. Man. <laughs> yeah. I so I know you like Tim Storm. I know you like Nick Aldis, and I know you especially like NWA Power. But his promo is very. And I'll be careful with how I how I reference it, okay. but it's it it's very it resembles a, a the the old Dusty Rhodes son of a plumber promo mm-hmm. because he's talking about his mom and how oh my mom just turned ninety five years old yeah mom's story yep story and every time I come home she asks me you know why when am I going to give up on this whole wrestling thing and. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't retire until she was 78 years old, and I tell her I got my work ethic from her, and whatever. That was, you know, he goes on and on about this promo, but mm-hmm. I loved it because it was very 
son of a plumber, dusty roads, you know, the, the American dream, the American man, you know, uh, type promo. And it was just very well done. Mm -hmm. You don't hear a lot that very often anymore. You know, um, those wrestling personas don't, I don't want to say don't exist, but they're not highlighted or showcased quite as much. So I thought that that was, that was awesome. Well, that goes back to, um, what we've talked about a few times on the show, how, um, a lot of guys in WWE aren't are handed scripts for their promos, and they right. aren't allowed to be themselves or to like feel the storyline that they yeah. are involved in. And <clears throat> you can definitely see that difference in AEW and in NWA too. You just feel like these guys are allowed to be themselves. You know, have that yep. have their um, personality dialed up to ten, and actually really emotionally react to you know, what's happening in the ring and in their promos. And it's, like I said, it's really refreshing to see. And it's really cool that, you yeah. know, in NWA and AEW that they have the freedom to do that. I think it, it bodes well for most people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually a detriment to others. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's, if wrestling is your craft, um, I think that's something you just have to you have to be good at. You have to excel at. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Aaron Stevens kind of stands out since we're on NWA. Oh yeah, he stands when, out a lot. Yeah, because when he was scripted, I forgot, I, and I always forget just because. What was his name? Oh, um, Damian Sandow. Sandow. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. That took longer than it needed to. His when he was scripted, he was awesome. Some guys can do that though. Some guys and, can take a scripted promo and make it sound good. And you know, congrats to them to do that. Yeah, because him as Aaron Stevens, don't get me wrong, he's still good. Yeah, he's just better scripted. Yeah, I mean, there's times when I'm listening to him and I can tell. You ever you ever watch something or especially watch someone's promo and you can just feel that they're going to mess up? Oh yeah. And you're like, yeah. you're like, oh my God, make this end because I, it, they can't get out of this alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's times when, when he'll talk and I'll think that. I'll be like, oh no, he's going to screw up. And he does, sure enough. And I don't know if it's nerves or if he's just, he doesn't know his character or what it is. And I'm listen, I think he's a great talker, don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. just, he's better scripted than unscripted. Well, I think it goes back to that whole thing of just uh, his... Um He's out there in front of the audience. Yeah. And it's just basically doing it on the fly. Like I said, I'm sure he has, like, points he wants to hit. But, you know, say the audience starts chanting something at him, then, you know, he's got to, as a healer, he's got to react to that. Yeah. So maybe that kind of throws him off a little bit to get back on track to where he was going with his promo originally. But it that's, could. That's, um, but, you know, I like that, though. I mean, it doesn't always have to be, like, so cookie-cutter clean. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect in a way. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. Um, and there's things... Wrestling is very interesting. It, it's... On one hand, you want it to be larger than life, watching, you know, gods among men wrestle, mm-hmm. you know? And on the other, you want it to be civilian and, yeah. you know, down to earth and whatever. So it's 
it's funny kind of the the sacrifices you make <laughs> in your head like i can accept this but i definitely can't accept this yeah <laughs> you know so uh in every in everybody's definition of that is different i mean yours and mine are are similar but still very different yeah like i can i can buy Undertaker coming out and like calling lightning <laughs> down from his hand, you know, onto the ring post. Yeah, okay, I'm cool with that, you know. But <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's go with it. So, <laughs> right, yeah. right. But you know, oh, I'm trying to think of something stupid off the top of my head where it's just like uh, I can't buy that. Uh, I can't yeah, I can't. I can't accept uh, someone losing the 24-7 title to a, a freaking schoolboy yeah, yeah. every every day <laughs> like you don't see that coming you know yeah uh, <laughs> so it's it's a give and take it is yeah you're it is. right you know some people can accept different things you know larger than life things and you know some other things it's just like i just i can't buy that i can't i just can't yep. nope and i won't yep Speaking of can't buy that, won't oh, buy you that. you just stole my line. <laughs> oh, crap. I was just going to say that. Yeah, that's, that's why they call me quick. Uh, uh, take it away, Vinny. Huh? Oh, my God. He's, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's coming to puke. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. Well, he's going to puke. Let's hear it. What could it possibly be your worst of the week huh okay well i tried really really hard to not go in the direction that i've been going for my worst of the week (laughs) i wanted to find something else that i just didn't like um yeah the only thing that came close and this isn't even really that bad was this week's episode of nxt I thought Ooh. it was just like a really weird, not well, not a weird episode, but um, they played back matches, like their best matches of the year, or they had the end of the year awards for mm-hmm. NXT. So they played back some of the matches that won in certain cate- categories for that. But mm-hmm. um so when they weren't doing that though, they had like individual awards for um, the NXT roster, like best tag team of the year, like best feud of the year. So um, whoever won said award would come out into full sale arena, into an empty arena. Right. You know, they do the whole entrance and everything with the music playing. They'd walk down the ramp in this empty arena, get into the ring and accept their award and they would cut a promo about winning the award and it's just, mm. I was just in, in, like I was reading about this and I saw some of the clips and I was like who are you guys talking to <laughs> right I and mean, you're not you're not talking to the, I mean you're not cutting this on the cameraman right <laughs> you I mean definitely not William Regal I mean it was just weird it was just a weird kind of way to yeah. do that i guess so yeah i agree with that there's really no reason for them to be there i mean if there's no fans yeah 
yeah, like I said, it was just an empty arena. And, you know, they still, like I said, they still had the entrance, still played the music. And, you know, at one point, you know, some of them acted like there were fans in the arena, the way that they cut their promo. So. Yeah, I mean, if you think about and uh, it's inevitable to compare NXT and AEW, they will forever be linked. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> AEW's press conferences were in front of fans. You know, I mean, when they pretty much announced that who they were, yeah, that that first press conference in Jacksonville when um, like Jared, Pac yeah. came out and uh, challenged uh, Hangman Page, yeah. I mean that these are they're getting over angles, but it's in front of a crowd. There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I realize that there's a cameraman there, so that's their audience. I mean, shoot, that's that's a drum you and I beat when we were wrestling in the background, uh, backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our audience too, is so. the camera. <laughs> yeah, we're we're playing to the crowd that will surely tune in on VHS. And the neighbors across uh, the street, right, shaking their heads. <laughs> uh, so I get that, but it just doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't really. It just felt like a filler episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that's too bad. Yeah. So that's one of your worsts. Yeah. Um, but God. the worst, uh, the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, is that a question? Are you asking if that's okay? If that's an acceptable answer? Am I asking? Am I telling? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. All, all I can say is the wedding. <laughs> the oh, wedding? The wedding. Oh, my God. So, so four-time champ is what you're saying. Four-time, yeah. It's catching up to Booker T. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> well, I Real read fast. some interesting news today. Yeah. That apparently Vince is so excited about the reception. I it's read getting. the same thing too. I read the same and thing it could, too. It could extend to WrestleMania. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, you do. Maybe. That doesn't so sound I, fun. I can only assume that next week Lana's um, pregnant. The following week With she's Luke giving Morgan's birth. baby. <laughs> right. The following week she's giving birth. The following week they're teaching the kid how to ride a bike. Uh, the, the following week he graduates week, from high school and then they have exactly. to somehow find a way to pay for his college. And then they break it to him that Lashley's not the father and it's actually Rusev's. <laughs> that actually sounds better than what they are doing right now. Can we go with that instead? <laughs> so what didn't you like about it? Oh, gee, what didn't I like? Um, <laughs> uh, the fact that it was a wedding on a, on a wrestling show. The fact that it was in the main event slot on Raw. It was in the main event slot on Raw. And this went forever. And they, um, it went into the overrun. Yeah. It went like 10 minutes into the overrun, yeah. which is insane. It's so insane. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, just, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Just, just how preposterous, not prosperous. That's not the word I was looking <laughs> well, for. Well, 
It kind of is. It sounds just like the whole thing of it, man. It's, and this goes back to what we said before, you know, it's wrestling. It's professional wrestling on TV. Yeah. There's going to be some over the top stuff. That's to be expected. Nobody wants to see a wedding. (laughs) Especially nobody wants to see a wedding with a lady who still announces being Russian. When obviously, obviously she's not Russian. She's not speaking in a Russian accent anymore. Right. So, and then just the whole execution of it, you know. Oh, we have uh, Lana's ex-husband comes down. Like, Bobby, how did you not yeah. know she was married before? The <laughs> same with, you know, yeah. if we're going, if we're taking this as is, you know, Bobby's ex-wife comes down. Yeah. And Lana and Lana throws like a huge fit about it. Like how did you not know? Like this is a shock to you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a shock? Okay. Alright. And then And then Liv Morgan comes out and for the past couple of weeks they've been doing vignettes um mm-hmm. for her on Raw about her, her makeover. Her makeover, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've been doing this for a couple of weeks, and this is how you bring her back in. As she's claiming to be in love with Lana. Yeah. This is what the makeover was to turn her gay. Is she gay? <laughs> is she gay in real life? I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay, so if she's not gay in, in real life, so this was your idea for the makeover? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And then. And then Rusev takes his sweet time getting out of the cake. <laughs> that was that was an, uh, a train wreck. It was like Bobby was just waiting there, and Rusev is just like struggling to get out of the cake. Yeah, and you know if you have a big ass cake in the ring, chances are, or any sort of big ass object in the ring, chances are somebody's probably inside of it. Yeah. So that just seemed really. Really off-putting from the start. <laughs> right. So, and yeah. And then, after Rusev somehow managed to get his way out of the cake, and then, you know, beat down on Lashley, and blah, 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 and yeah, yep. I'm done. So, I think, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you saw, well, probably not, since you openly admitted to your inactivity on Twitter... Um, CM Punk posting about it? No, I did not. He said they really, uh, in a, in a manner of words, he said they need to work on their representation. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you have an openly gay wrestler on your roster mm-hmm. in Sonya Deville, and you use my, my understanding is an openly straight <laughs> woman, Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. and it just. None of it looks good because, I mean, Vince has been te- tone deaf for years. And this is just another example of that. Mm-hmm. Not to mention he only ever does anything with blonde women, which pisses me off beyond measure. Because it's so, it's such a slap in the face to women everywhere, number one. But women on the roster that have talent, you know, that that deserve chances, that deserve airtime. And... I don't care. I'm going to take it out on Lana because, quite frankly, I don't really think she's that good at anything. Wrestling, acting, anything. I, I mean... <laughs> fake wedding. Fake, fake wedding. 
I don't care. I mean, listen, I don't like being super critical of, of wrestlers, but I, I, emphasis on wrestlers because it's just, it's so annoying that Vince is that way, that if you're a skinny, blonde woman, then you're going to get pushed in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it's so annoying. And um, the only... I mean, is Charlotte incredibly talented, and does she deserve the pushes she's gotten? Yeah. Does she deserve all of the pushes she's gotten over some of the other talent? Not at all. No. Is not Rhea all. Ripley incredibly talented? And does she deserve to be where she's at? Yeah. Should other people maybe have gotten there? Not say before her instead of her, but just also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's just. No, it's so tone deaf and it's so ugly and it's annoying and predictable all rolled into one. And not only that, but it's also very regressive. I mean, we want to talk about the women's evolution and and women getting a chance and the spotlight on women. And then you turn around and do some bullshit like this. Sorry. Some stuff like this. No, no, keep going. Well, I dropped the BS word. Uh, But you go and do something like this. And you see a cat fight, literal cat fight, between Liv Morgan and Lana. I saw some people saying stuff about it, saying, oh, man, you know, say what you want about the segment. Those were real punches they were throwing. They were really, no, no, that was a cat fight. That was exactly what we used to call it back in the 90s and early thousands in the Attitude Era. Cat fight. And that's, it looked exactly like that. It's it's so incredibly regressive to the women's evolution. Does that bring back the divas title if you're going to do that stupid crap? So, no, I'm, so that would automatically make it better since they're throwing real punches. According, <laughs> That's to, a, according to this right. one person, that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It makes everything better. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, now. I agree with you. I think it, it sucked. It was. It, it, I hate it for all of. I, I believe the right reasons. I, I think that. Now, but on the other hand, did you see the Brian Cage wedding on Impact in back in September? No, I didn't. So I don't know if you follow Impact very much, but they do more like comedic segments that are like pre-filmed and stuff like that like it's not out in front of a live audience Mm -hmm. and uh it's interesting so basically you know brian cage is getting married and the whole locker room is there for it and they're all in character and they've got their own little little parts Uh, to it to do it yeah and uh and then eddie edwards comes stumbling in drunk Uh and he throws up on the minister and then accidentally knocks him out and then dreamer takes over and he's like we need someone to to officiate this wedding can anyone officiate this wedding and he's like we need a a priest or a rabbi or a minister and then the sinister minister shows up and he's like did someone say minister (laughs) and it's super corny super hokey but you loved it I, I mean, I don't want to say I loved it, but I was just like, if you're going to do a wedding, do, do it this way. You know, don't do whatever this is. You know, referring to the was it, Lana. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. You should check it out, though, and tell me what you think. Because uh, you've got a pretty hard stance on no weddings, period, The only ever. wedding that I can accept in pro wrestling 
is Randy Savage and Elizabeth. Oh, I thought you were going to say Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Oh, no. Oh, no. Or, uh, or Billy the Ray drive and, through and uh, Brooke. Oh, Hogan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. See, there's plenty of wrestling weddings. Yeah, the only good one was Savage and Elizabeth, though. Okay. Because, you know what, they treated that like a real wedding. Yeah, that it might have been. It a might, real yeah, it might have been a real wedding. That's true. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, take take some advice from fucking Summer. I just dropped the F word <laughs> from SummerSlam thirty years ago. <laughs> the Macho King. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that uh, yeah, that was my worst of the week. Well, I definitely jumped in on that uh, and helped you. Hey, you did you said BS? <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, that that was also uh, my worst. But um, some other honorable mentions I'll throw out there. Um, security uh, separating. Security separating AOP and Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Oh, is it that? Is that bad? Um. I hate the fact that uh, if there's ever any kind of feud that lasts longer than two weeks on WWE television, it ends in either the locker room coming out and, and separating the, the people mm-hmm. or security coming out and separating them. I think that's probably it's happened, into their contracts or something at some point. It must be. Yeah. Um, because it's happened, I think, four or five times just this year. Well, I say this year, 2019. Four or five times. Mm -hmm. Happened with Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, I think twice in the same feud. (laughs) Uh, It had happened with uh, Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. It actually happened with Lesnar and and Strowman. Every Lesnar feud. Right. (laughs) Lesnar and Kevin, uh, uh, Samoa Joe, sorry. It's just, it's so lazy, and it drives me insane. Like, can we stop doing it's this? Like, how is this an organization? Yeah. It's completely how, overplayed. And, first, and like, second of all, like, call... what kind of security guards do you have where they're not <laughs> right. doing their job? <laughs> well, what kind of authority do you have? There's no repercussions for this? Yeah. Hey, this isn't a sanctioned match. You guys can't do this. Oh, darn it. They're doing it again. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so lazy and stupid. And it's, yep. <laughs> so that's an honorable mention. Yep. Uh, speaking of Braun Strowman, I don't know if you saw him teaming with the New Day on SmackDown. No, like I said, I yeah. busy week. You, I you feel I got the hits. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the end of their match, um, New Day and Braun Strowman. Oh, they had the defeat. dance. Did they do the dancing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. This is a guy who flipped a semi. Yeah, now he's moonwalking with Kofi Kingston. and Right. Yeah. Tried to murder Roman Reigns. Put him, he put him in the back of a garbage truck? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he but gave no, him the shredder just... treatment. Right, but but we won a six man tag match with literally nothing on the line and nothing to gain from it. I'm gonna dance. Yeah, why not? 
this is a monster. I mean, it's this just. Sorry. Now you could argue that little... he messed up Braun Strowman when he lost to Lesnar a while back. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he was screwed from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing, the last honorable mention, um, and we talked about this a little earlier today. The overuse of the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, yes. Yep. I I remember when Petey Williams first broke that out, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was something you've that, never seen before. Right. Never. And I was like, it's so simple. It makes sense that the guy taking it does all the work. Yeah. That's great. And it was so devastating that it's a finish. But, you know, what I said to you is, there were less Russian leg sweeps on Dynamite this week than there were Canadian Destroyers. Everybody does a Canadian Destroyer. That's part of the offense, brother. Yeah, Ricky Morton does I, a Canadian Destroyer. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, and, and this is, that, and this is that, that line that you have to tell that we were talking about between believable and unbelievable in terms of what you can accept in, in pro wrestling. They're superhuman. They're larger than life. That is the story. That is the basis for every pro wrestler ever. That is plain and simple. If you go into pro wrestling, that's the number one thing you have to accept. They are superhuman. They're larger than life. They can do what I cannot. Mm-hmm. So, with that belief, a Canadian destroyer might cripple me, but not him. But it, ha- I mean, but an RKO is a finish. Oh yeah. I mean, you're going to give me an ace crusher, and I'm down for a 35 count. Yeah. You're going to give me a Canadian destroyer, and I'm going to kick out at one and a half. It, it just, there has to be some, and not only that, I mean, let's, let's say that, whatever, let's leave the Canadian destroyers in the Bucks match. Main event, not, kind of big stakes because the elite are questioning whether they're still elite, whatever. Mm-hmm. Emotions are running high. They hit a Canadian destroyer. There's a kick out. Good falsy. Blah. How about some show psychology where maybe no one else uses that, that move in the rest of the show? Well, there you go. I mean, who do you think that falls back on? Well, whoever is running the show. I mean, uh, it seems like it's who? Cody. Well, it's a little bit of everybody. Well, it is. But it seems like Cody's the guy that would recognize that. Yes, because he's... Because everything he's done on there really has like an like an old school mentality. I hate using that term old school, but yeah, like that old like <laughs> wrestling mentality, like uh, yeah. booking wise, I should say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're not going to see someone lose to a roll up just for someone else to lose to a roll up. Yeah, in the show. Yeah. So why would you see, you know, Canadian destroyer followed by a Canadian destroyer mm-hmm. or? There was one week, um, on, it might have been on Raw. Yeah, it was on Raw, where guy went up top, went for a moonsault, missed. Next match, same spot. Main event, guy goes up top for a moonsault, actually hits it. So I was like, hmm, maybe that makes sense. But I don't know. I'm so confused it, at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to believe. But if I'm a, if I, I mean, I don't know. If you're not in the main event, then is there really any reason for you to be doing like all these high spots, these really, really devastating looking high spots? 
Because doesn't that just diminish what's going on in the main event? Because if people sit there and they sit through the show and they sit through three or four matches where guys are pulling everything out that they can, Canadian Destroyers, like 450s, whatever, then you come to the main event, like the crowd's already burnt out. What do you have to work with now? Because everybody before you has, you know, taken, taken all your... um. Oh god. All all your energy away, all the energy from the audience. Yes, I agree. You you're basically giving the fans so much that yeah, once you're into the the main event, I mean, they're either out of energy or they've seen everything. Yeah, your main event so, is killed. Right. I mean, yeah, I remember and not to turn this around and make it about about us, but I mean, I remember having those conversations. Hey, you know, what's your finish? Or hey, what's what's this? And mm-hmm. make sure you're not doing it. Yeah, that's that's just I don't know. And I don't know. I, I think people will probably make the argument that oh, you're going to tell everyone not to do a vertical suplex. Oh, you're going to tell everyone not to do a body slam. I mean, a Canadian Destroyer is not a vertical suplex. Well, the way they're using it, it might as well be just like a basic maneuver now <laughs> that everybody can do. Yeah. So it's... it. Yeah, yeah. It just... By having it done by multiple people on one show, it just loses its... It's devastation. Without question. Yeah. So it just makes it automatically makes it become another maneuver that eventually over time you keep doing it more and more people are going to care less about it because they know because right. they know you're going to kick out of it. Right. So, but then again, I mean, if I, that comes back. I think that in a way it comes back to whoever's producing the matches for <clears throat> said show. I mean. Like if that's if it's really starting to become a problem, somebody needs to step in and you know put limits on what some of these guys can do to a certain extent. Yeah, I I just I don't think there's I mean I, there was one week sorry that was a lot of stammering there but there was <laughs> there was one week where Sammy Guevara hit a six thirty and they kicked out. Like he land, he hit the six thirty on him, and they kicked out. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Automatically kills it. Yeah. I mean, what's the what's the story you're telling there? Is it because Sammy Guevara is one hundred and sixty pounds, and so regardless of what kind of velocity and force that he would bring down, it wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. I just that that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yet, Pac will hit the. Black arrow, I guess he calls it now. It's not the red arrow anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. Eh. Well, I, I know. It, I, I realize we're, we're, we're pointing out the biggest criticism of AEW, and that is their lack of uh, um, psychology sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of take offense to the whole Canadian Destroyer thing. Like... How is that less devastating than a paradigm shift DDT? <laughs> no, it isn't, apparently. Right. It isn't. So, 
so those were my worsts. Excellent. <laughs> I think, wow, we, we, you know, for us saying that we caught up on a lot and there wasn't too much content, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I've been going for over an hour or so. Well. Yeah. And for those wondering, this is called the Quick and Painless Podcast because we wanted to keep it under an hour. We thought that maybe we could talk quickly <laughs> about the week's events. Uh, so far, we have proven to do that wow, once. Yeah, the first episode? <laughs> no, I think that one was over. Uh, it might have been, th- been the third episode, but... We'll, we'll eventually perfect it, and yeah. we'll get it under an hour. We're showing how much of a hypocrite we are. Right. Yeah. We want more Undertaker lightning bolts. Yes. Less Canadian destroyers. People Less weddings. <laughs> <laughs> and quick podcasts that are longer than an hour. I'm, we got I'm fine the, with that. <laughs> I can deal with that. That's a, that's a good day. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any closing thoughts that you have? Um, I am going to do better next week to, uh, get even more caught up or try to, uh, get more up to date by the time well, we uh, do this. I, th- I mean, Hey, my Christmas decorations are still up, so. Oh, that can wait. I think, um, you can we're, wait we're, we're both still, <laughs> yeah. What I meant to say is they've been up since last year. Oh. Uh, (laughs) No. So I think we're both, yeah, still reeling from the holidays. But uh, it's a good way to... Skywalker. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Were there any good previews ahead of it? Any good previews? A new James Bond movie. Ooh. Yeah, that looked kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. I forgot. That was the only one that stuck out in front of me. Don't you hate that? You'll sit there and it'll be like a forty-five minutes of trailers, and when the and then you see the movie, and then when you come out of it, you're like, "What were those trailers?" And you only remember one, mm-hmm. and it's usually the bad one. Yeah. Oh, there was that stupid movie. What was it? What was it called? No Time to Die. I think. Really? I think that's the name of the new James Bond movie. And it's supposedly supposed supposedly supposed to be uh, Daniel Craig's last run, last movie as Bob. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because Cill- Cillian Murphy takes over for him. No, Cillian. Uh, he plays Q in that movie. Oh, he does. Yeah, like the guy. Um, he's played Q in a couple of uh, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. Yeah, he's yeah he's um the guy who gives him all his like gadgets and stuff that's not Cillian Murphy well it looks like him if it's not <laughs> <laughs> no man have you ever seen Peaky Blinders seen what Peaky Blinders Peaky Blinders no I, well based on this you little exchange I, <laughs> yes <laughs> okay fair enough yeah. haven't you ever seen Red Eye no I was waiting for you to hit me with some some more Cillian Murphy rolls. Uh, Inception? Oh, crap. I think that means I'm up. 
And this is the new format for our... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I think with that, we will yeah. close it down. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, should I let you rattle off where they can find us? Um, well, since I'm old-fashioned... I... <laughs> <laughs> you can look us up in the yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got a podcast section in there. So, um, no, you can find us at on Twitter at Quick and Painless Pod. Oh crap! Yeah, I knew I shouldn't have let you do this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's at Quick Pain Pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you're keeping track at home, that's ampersand. Q-U-I-C-K-P-A-I-N-P-O-D. And that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And coming soon, quickpainpod.com. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That will be a website for all things things quick and painless and pods, casts. Uh, no, we'll have a little about section, a little bit, tell us a little bit about us and where we come from and who we are and why we are. And, um, and then also a section where you can listen to all the episodes as well. So if you don't find it on one of your podcast platforms, whether it's Overcast, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, then you could simply just go there and listen to each episode um, from there. So. I like it. Hopefully that'll be done sooner rather than later, and then we can update everyone accordingly. But until then, go to all of those different places, including anchor.fm backslash quickpainpod. Give us a rating, a like, a review. Tell us we're awesome or not. Um, Yeah, and that's everything. Tell us if you like the new segment at the end of uh, the episode. Yes. (laughs) New idea for the the next pod. (laughs) Or movie reviews yes. at the at the beginning of every episode. Yep. But until then, we will catch everybody next week. So thank you again for tuning in. Bye.